Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin, and I'm excited to be hanging out with you today. And I'm back with my good friend, Caitlin Caffrey. Caitlin, thanks for hanging out with us again. Always. It's a joy. How's your day going? Is it a good day? It's a, it is a good day. So it's been a good day and I'm glad that you're here and it's going to be an even better day now because we love talking about youth ministry and we're of course going to have a conversation around that again. Last Wednesday was the bash at every Life Church location, saw yeah, some awesome pictures from all over the place. I know that there were some water wars and there was, you know, there was some crazy stuff that happened. I heard a lot of good stories and a lot, lot of first-time students. Like, yeah, incredible to see so many. I wish I had been smart enough to look up what the total was of first-timers at every location, but mm. I know that it's a massive number. And so I, I love to see new students engaging and new students accepting Jesus. And Come so on. if you were at the Bash last week, hopefully you got to celebrate some of that and just know that it wasn't just happening at your campus. It was happening everywhere. God's truly moving in our church and our youth ministry, and we love to get to see that happen. So we're bringing in all these students, and we're bringing, so of course, tons of new students that we brought in. So it's important. We want to get them through the doors of the church, right? Like we want them to be in community. We want them to be around good influences. We want them to be in these circles and these small groups where they feel like I'm doing life with other people. But what we also want them to do is to know how to study the Bible. Like right. we want them not just to know how to study, but like we want them to be passionate about it. And the truth is they don't all know where to start. And right. the Bible can be overwhelming. And and as we've talked about, we're, of course, in the middle of a series that's describing some of the crazy stuff in the Bible. And hopefully that series will evoke this excitement and wonder. And that's the goal. But still, sometimes it's hard to know where to start. How do I begin? And so what we're right. going to do today is Caitlin is going to kind of walk us through how do I, as a small group leader, help my students engage in studying the Bible? And so, Caitlin, if you will, just kind of start us off. Where do we even begin? Yeah, that's so good. I love what you just said, because everything we do, like our strategy for spiritual formation and for discipleship at our church is to bring in, build up, train, and send out. And something that is so great about the bash is we just got to bring in a ton of people. We got to bring in people to the church and introduce them to Jesus. And that was incredibly exciting because we got to watch people move from being lost to being found to being saved. And now what we get to do is we get to take them on the rest of this journey to continue to move them down that funnel and take them from just being saved to actually being pastored and discipled and then eventually mobilized to go and do this whole thing over again. Right. So what we're going to be talking about today is just what does it look like in that that building up and training phase? How do we help people move from being saved to pastored and pastored to discipled? And one of the best ways that we can do that is to teach our students how to engage with the word of God. It is God's word for us. And there is nothing that in my own discipleship journey has like 
continually inspired me to action more than understanding new things about who God is through his word. So I'm super excited to get to talk about this, especially because the series that we just started, like you mentioned, is called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And we are talking all about the weird and wild parts of the Bible. But there are a bunch of you leaders who are probably asking the question of like, okay, that's great. Love that we're talking about the Bible, but my students have 0% interest in anything having to do with the Bible. Like they are just not interested in reading it. It doesn't matter how many Bible plans I start. I've got like one kid who will do one day and that's (laughs) it. (laughs) And I hear you and I feel that. So today that's what we're going to talk about. Starting with... How do we get our students to actually read it or engage with the Bible? Number one, this probably won't surprise you guys, but number one is you do it first. Because we're not going to ask our students to do something that we are unwilling to do. We are going to be faithful Bible readers as leaders. And for me, growing up, Josh, I think that that was probably the thing that made me a consistent and faithful Bible reader is because I had the privilege of growing up in a family where I saw that that was a priority for my parents, where they were studying their Bibles every day. It was out on the little like ottoman where my mom would do her quiet time in the morning and she would talk to us about what she was reading or learning. She would bring us into what God was teaching her and share little devotionals with us. And I think for me, that was what helped create a culture around studying the scriptures for me at a very young age. And I had an interest and a curiosity in doing what my parents did. And I think that even though it's not a one-to-one translation there, we have the opportunity to create that culture in our small groups as small group leaders. Because the more that we are ingraining God's word in our hearts, the more it naturally comes out in our conversations with others. Like what what you put in is what is going to come out, super basic principle, right? But as we do, it creates a culture of faithfulness and studying God's word together. And that being the thing that I'm excited to talk about in my small group with my kids. So number one, you do it first. You lead by example. And when they see the fruit of you consistently studying scripture, when your students see that fruit in your life, man, I wonder how much curiosity that's going to peak in them. When they see you navigating situations with wisdom and with clarity, I wonder how many questions that's going to spark them to ask. And you get to point them back to the truth and the beauty found in God's word in those moments. Right. It's similar to the concept of show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so sure. as a small group leader, you're their leader. And of course, you know, you're older and you're their leader, but really you're, you're the friend. You really are. And it, your, your role is different than just being their friend, but you absolutely have influence in their life similar to a friend. And so if we believe, show me your friends and I'll show you your future is, is real. And, and that, that really is the kind of influence and power that the people around you have then you better make sure that you are one of those people around them that is doing the thing that you would hope that they're doing. And so I think sometimes we think of that as like, well, no, it's my job as like a coach where like a coach is on the basketball court. He's like, I need you to go shoot a hundred free throws. So you get good at shooting free throws, but that's not actually 
what this is, right? So because a coach, mm -hmm. that their job is different than yours. Your sure. job genuinely is to lead by example. Yeah. And so you need to be shooting the free throws so that they That's see good. that, man, they shot so many free throws. They're better than me at shoooting free throws. Like they're good. <laughs> Maybe that's something I should do. And so leading by example is incredibly important. And we all know that. I think we sometimes just forget how important it is. I also think we probably have a lot of leaders who do this really well. And you're right. like, no, this is absolutely actively a part of what I do. You just haven't figured out yet how to make it be known. So like you are lead you you're doing the thing. Like in all in all the right ways, you're going, no, I, I'm doing what I would want them to do. They probably just don't know I'm doing it. And mm. so maybe you need to figure out how do I bring into my conversation with my students, bring those things up, share something with them that you read when you read it, right? So be like, hey, I just finished my time with God this morning so that they can see this is a habit that a person in my life that has influence in my life and I really care about and trust, they have this habit. It seems to be working for them. So maybe I should implement something like that as well. So I love love the concept, love the idea. You do it first, lead by example. Yep. I know that if you had a first thing, you probably have a second thing. So what would be thing number two? Yeah, super, super logical conclusion there, Josh. I don't, um, I don't so know. People don't usually just say number one and then stop. You know what I mean? So. I'm just going to start doing that to be annoying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> number one, you do it first. And then number two, you do it with them. I think that even even when you, what you're just talking about with the example of like a coach versus like a, a guide or a leader or something like that is so pertinent to this because I'm going to be way more willing to try something new if I have somebody who's doing it alongside me, if I'm not having to try to figure this thing out all by myself. So right. we're going to do it with them. And there are a couple of ways that you can you can start studying the Bible with your students. So you can start helping your students engage with Scripture. And that would be number one, um, prioritize it in small group. Every single week, there is going to be an anchor text. There is going to be a Scripture on that message guide. And a really easy way that you can start the conversation is just by having someone in your group reading that Scripture out loud. Just have someone in your group read the scripture out loud and then ask way more questions than you give answers about mm. that scripture. You don't have to be a pastor in this moment and like exegete the scripture and like explain every nuance to them. That's not actually going to help them to learn as good as you just asking questions because then they get to do the work themselves. So I'll have my students read a scripture and then I'll just go, huh, that was interesting. What did that word mean? Okay. Well, what about that word? Got it. Do you have an example of a time where you felt that way or you experienced something like this in your life? Okay, cool. Well, what about how does this scripture, like where do you see Jesus in this scripture? What is this saying to you? Is this showing you something about who God is? That's really good. Is this showing you something about who you are or maybe something that God might be asking you to do? So good. 
And I just ask question after question after question after question, and we tease out the passage together. And what is so fun to see in those moments is when the light bulb comes on and like someone has a realization of like, oh my gosh, I think I understand this. Right. It's like, that's such a win for me as a small group leader. And here's the thing. I didn't like, I didn't have to plan. Like they're going to have this light bulb moment and they're going to get to this conclusion where they say exactly what I want them to say. I just get to lean in with curiosity and ask questions and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do what he is so faithful to do and illuminate God's word for people who are engaging with it, with that posture in their hearts. So prioritize it in your small groups. Like the scripture is on the message guide for a reason. And uh, there are plenty of questions on the message guide to help get that conversation going. But I've found that even on a really basic level, just asking them what they think that it means is a great way to start that process. It's good. It's good. I I think too of things like ask questions that, that incite curiosity, like maybe even ask the question that they're not asking. So something that students would, you know, bring up a lot and especially critics, right. Would go, man, there's so many of all these characters in the Bible. They're like, they're messed up. Like, I mean, have you (laughs) seen the things that these people do? Right. Like, and so you're going to see some of that in this series that we're in right now. But like, if you're, if you're reading about David and you're like, man, yeah, you know, like there's all these great things that David did. And then all of a sudden Bathsheba, right. And you're right. And like students, it's fine for them to be like, wait a minute. I've, I thought he was like a critical character. Like I thought that he was somebody that like in our faith, like we look to and are like, look at these big things he did. I think it's, it's great for you to go. Yeah. What do you think about that? Right. Like that is kind of crazy. Why do you think if God wanted us to maybe even mimic parts of our lives after some of the ways that Dan, that, that David lived his, then why do you think that that other part of the story was in there? Right. And, and, and allow them to process. And hopefully, eventually, they may not always come to the conclusion. And you have to, of course, continue to help them to go, right. well, I think God maybe wanted us to also know that these people who did some good things also did some really bad things. Right. That like, actually, Jesus really was the only perfect person. Right. No one else was. And so, yeah, there's going to be characters littered all throughout the Bible that have great examples of ways that we should live our lives and things that we should do. And they will also have made many mistakes. Right. And so I I think that there's things like that, that if you grew up in church and all you did is you just kind of heard the messages and you absorbed 10% of it, and then you didn't study the word, it'd be easy for you to skip over some of that and not really realize why it's all there. Sure. Why ever, like it's all there. The Bible isn't hiding from you that there were some <laughs> screw ups, right? There's things like that, that that would also help pique the interest in students and help them go, okay, that makes more sense. I realize yep. that I realize now nobody's perfect, but it also doesn't mean they didn't do some good things. And yeah. so lots of questions. It's good. Um, I love what you just said, even just from the perspective that it puts one and two together. Because in order to ask questions that incite curiosity like that and actually lead them somewhere and be able to interject in those helpful, like, why do you think God put that? Like, why was that included? You kind of have to know. 
right. a little bit of where, like, why and where the story mm-hmm. is going and how God ends up weaving it together. Like, you have to actually be in it for yourself to be able to ask those kind of questions that you're describing. So right. that just brings one and two together really well. So yep. to teach we're going to do it first. To teach it, you you need to be learning it. Right. Come so that, that, that that's important. Doesn't mean you have to have every answer. So don't don't think we're saying it's okay for there to be times that you're like, you know what, I don't I'm actually not sure. Because right. there will be many of those times. So true. Um, but it shouldn't be because you go, you know what, I don't know. I don't I don't really read it. Like I'm just kinda listen. <laughs> like I don't really you know, so that can't be that can't be a part of it either. So number one, you do it first, lead by example. Number two, do it with them. Based on themes of podcasts I've done in the past. I could be wrong, okay? So if I'm wrong, I'll leave this in. Yeah. <laughs> but when there's a one and a two, it usually wraps up somewhere around three. Mm, that's, am, am that's... I Am I close? Uh, yeah, we're going to do okay, a three. <laughs> All right, great. All right, so one, do it first. Two, do it with them. Three, don't give up. Again, Amen. pretty simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Don't right. give up. Um, I think for a lot of us, if our students don't get really excited about the Bible in the first couple of weeks of us, you know, texting them after we finish our quiet time and asking a bunch of questions about the scripture in small group, if they, if a fire is not ignited in those first couple of weeks or over the course of this series, the temptation could be to get really frustrated. Like, okay, I tried. I sent them the Bible plan every single week. I was texting kids like what I learned in my quiet time, like all of that. And I hear you. And that is, that's real. Like the frustration is real because you just want it for them so bad, you know? But I think the call here and the encouragement here is that be persistent. Don't get tired of doing good because at the right time, you will reap a harvest of righteousness if you don't give. So what does this look like to not give up? It means keep texting them what you're learning in your quiet time. It means keep asking questions about the scripture in your small group. It means keep dropping the little nuggets of what God is teaching you in your conversations. It means going, oh, hey, that that story you just told me reminds me of this person in the Bible. And just keep drawing their attention back to the possibility of what life looks like when you start engaging with the scripture, when you start internalizing that truth. My my best friend who is a small group leader at our campus is so good at this. And if she listens to this podcast, she'll probably be embarrassed, but she is an eighth grade (laughs) girls small group leader. And let me tell you, those girls are so disinterested in the scripture But my friend Shelby refuses to get discouraged and she is better than probably anyone that I know at just like continuing to drop the hints and the nuggets and connecting the dots back to the Bible. And it's so fun to watch because they don't even know that it's happening at first. They're telling a story about what's happening at school or whatever. And then because Shelby has like soaked and internalized the word of God, She's like, man, when you say that, it reminds me of this character in scripture. I think she probably felt really similar to how you're feeling right now. And I wonder if you might be encouraged by this. 
And she just does that one-on-one with her students. And it's so cool and so beautiful to watch. So Shelby is someone who exemplifies not giving up in a really beautiful and powerful way. But it is because she is doing the work herself. She's leading by example. And then she's doing it with them. She's continuing to be faithful and create a culture where she's going to ask questions and inspire curiosity in her group. And she's faithful and consistent in that. She's not going to give up on these eighth grade girls. I bet you a million bucks. I love Shelby and um, leaders like her. Uh, This ministry in general is hard, but I mean, just relationships are challenging and they are not, they're just never doing them right. It's never going to be easy work. And it's going to require you to not give up. I think if you're a parent, you understand like there's times with your own kids that you're like, son of a gun, I'm about to give up. All right. I can't with this kid anymore. Okay. So I, I get it. But what we know is that like, we're never going to give up. Like we're just going to keep on keeping on. And I love, you know, I I love that you shared, like, don't get tired of doing good works. Like that seems so simple. And it's like, yeah, obviously, but in truth, sometimes we can we can find ourselves where we get to the point that we go, man, I feel like I've been doing the right thing and the right thing and the right thing. And where are the results? Mm. And that can apply. Um, gosh, I've got some real current experience where that applies. Like I get it. And and I think right. that most of us right now, we could go, yeah, like outside of this in different areas of my life where I'm going, man, I feel like I have continued to do the right thing. And where are the results? But man, you, you just can't give up. And you have to remember that just like in your own life, where it is not about your time and you would not dare want it to be, it is about God's time. Come and on. in the same way, the students that are in your small group, it is just not about your time. Yep. And it's not even about their time. It's about the time that God is finally going to just touch their hearts in a way that makes them go, man, I, I am radically interested in this. Yep. And I've got so many questions and I'm ready to dig deeper. And we don't know when that'll be, but we know that if you will not give up, one day it will be. And Come so on. keep on keep on doing the good work. We love you guys so much. I'm going to remind you of these three. So number one, you're going to do it first. You're going to lead by example. Number two, you're going to do it with them. And then number three, because if there's a one, there's almost always a three, <laughs> is don't give up. Caitlin, is there anything else that you want to share with our team? Yeah, I would just say the the big why behind all of this, just to just to bring it full, full circle, is this is this truth about this beautiful book that we're talking about that the Bible wasn't a book that was just written to inform us. It was written to transform our lives. Yes. It was written to transform the way that we see ourselves, that we see God, and that we see the world around us. And that's why this matters so much. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping our students understand Scripture, because this right. book has the power to transform their lives. Yes. So, friends, I would just like to remind you again if there's any Bible plan that you read with your students this semester, let's make it how to read the Bible 101. 
because I know from my personal experience that when I started to be able to understand scripture, when I started to be able to connect the dots and when the thing, when the, the stories and the words on the page started coming to life for me, that is what lit my heart on fire. And that's what this Bible plan is designed to teach our students how to do how to actually make those connections and understand scripture for themselves. So if there's any Bible plan that I think that you should read and that I think that you and your students should read together, it would be how to read the Bible 101. And that's all I've got. History books inform us. The Bible transforms us. And sometimes we can fall guilty of thinking that they are more similar than they are the Bible transforms us. And so I I hope that you know that in your own life, but I hope that you build this passion and fire to help your students understand it, because if they can get that, their lives will be different. That Bible plan that Caitlin mentioned, I linked it in last week's episode in the show notes. I'm going to link it again in this week's episode. And so just click on it right there. It's going to take you to the Bible app and you can read it you know, with other leaders or do a plan with friends and read it with your students. Um, We want to make sure that you get that read. We love you guys. Uh, Be telling other people about the podcast. Make sure that other leaders know that this is here as a resource to help them grow. We want to give you everything that we can so that you're as prepared as you can be. Thank you so much for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.